Hey, everybody. Hey, everyone. This is Zach. This is Stuart. And this is a main show where we're talking about the film as a follow-up to Ready Player One. Um, we, I, I think we didn't do this initially when because we did the book club, or the, yes. yeah, the, the book club for it. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that the book came or we we covered it maybe a few weeks before the movie came out yeah i believe and so then, because we didn't really because sometimes we cast out the characters of the book yeah but we didn't do it that time because they had already been cast yes exactly yeah so um the uh yeah so the the thing with this movie came out a few years ago uh 2018 mm -hmm. Um, $175 million box office brought back 583 million, mm. um, which sounds like a lot, but I feel like a lot of that is probably, um, it seems low. I, that I remember seeing, yeah, it, I, I remember seeing ads for this everywhere. So one, I don't know really? where the marketing. Yeah. Yeah. You I, don't remember all the trailers and all the, the, um, pre-roll stuff that they really. were adding on on facebook and youtube and stuff i i don't remember those huh yeah there, there remember, was a fair amount of them um i just remember the um the famous line from um from steven spielberg about how he wanted you to stand up and clap when you saw your favorite character on screen Oof, that's, did he say that? Yeah, that's what he said. Ooh. He wanted he wanted everybody, you know, when they saw their character, like the Halo man, to stand up and just give a good old round of applause. Man, he has some big grandpa energy now with a statement <laughs> like that. Um no, but like like you were saying, there's a lot of different properties in here. And yeah, I yeah. feel like all of them got their their certain cut of the proceeds if they weren't paid flat out right. Yeah, because um, this was, um... and I feel like they they did proceeds because 175 million to me seems very low given the huge amount of CG there is in this and how good it looks. Yeah, it I looks don't think they good. were paid up front. Like if it looked like dog shit, maybe I'd be like, well, that was just Microsoft being greedy and taking all the money from for the Halo dude. Yeah, <laughs> or Halo dude. I don't. Master Chief, Master, Master Chief. Chief. Yeah, that's Very his name. I'm, I'm not a, a huge Halo head, so <laughs> yeah. It took me a second. I was like, what was, what was that character's name? Um, yeah. Well, and and you know, this movie from professional mm. critics was kind mm. of eh, uh, but yeah. Rotten Tomatoes gave it a seventy two percent, and yeah. Cinema Score was an A minus. Um, you know, I, I mean, spoiler alerts. I kind of enjoyed this. I kind of like this movie as just like a wacky, silly ride. I gotta um, be honest, I liked it too. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it hurts me to say because so much of it is adapted like from the book, but yeah, there's you know, there's not he, much from the book. Like um, they miss a lot of the uh, the major ah, like plot hits, especially wow. with like um, <laughs> well, especially with like the. Uh, um like debtor's prison and stuff like that as well as um a couple of the other um things but like i went into this movie just sort of being like ah oh, this is gonna be a silly movie and you know what it delivered 
I mean, I, I feel like it kept enough, which again, this is, this goes to show that a first time novelist did not write the screenplay like a well-known screenwriter worked on this. Zach Penn is the guy that, that. It oh, did. okay. Um, and so, you know, it's still over two hours long. Like it's 140 yeah. minutes. Yeah. I so, mean, I feel like they had to cut out probably a lot. They did, but it like a lot of the, a lot of it was, was, uh, kind of, either reinserted or portrayed in a different way that moved mm. it along a little bit more quickly. Um, or if it didn't really influence the, the ending of the film, like, I feel like they, they just cut it out. Yeah. <laughs> They're just like, okay, we'll, we'll skip ahead. Cause we we're, in, we're looking at two hours here. <laughs> yeah. Because in the book they had to get the keys as well as the, um, Oh, what was the other thing that they had to get? Oh, the, um, shoot. Uh, this is what I get for watching it a few weeks ago. Uh, let's see. Because I know what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah. <laughs> um, like, they had to get the clue and the keys. They had to yeah, get they the, had to um, get the clue and the keys. Yeah. So the clue would lead them to the keys, and the the clues were on those uh, scrolls. The, um, yeah. The whatchamacallit scrolls. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and and you know, I, I I guess on one hand, like this movie, like it so moves they cut so out, yeah, they cut out the uh, scrolls in total, and there was just the keys. Yeah, yeah, which I mean makes sense. Like <laughs> they, yeah, yeah. um, you know, they they started development on this like a year before the book was published, mm -hmm. which I find interesting because that like that that tells me that someone saw the original book and said, Hey, this would be a great screenplay. Yeah. Um, which to be honest, it is like, it's, it, it's a fun, um, quest movie it is, with yeah. a bunch of weird IP stuff that you don't see a whole lot. Um, yeah. the, uh, you know, the, the, uh, Klein was actually supposed to adapt the script himself. Mm -hmm. Um, my understanding from what I've been able to dig up, there's conflicting reports that, he agreed to have Zach Penn in. And then there are reports that the studio was not happy with the drafts he was turning in. And so they brought in Zach Penn to rewrite. Oh. Um, he mainly, you know, like you were saying, he took out scenes, uh, kept in kept, uh, let's see what, what is my handwriting saying here? Uh, mainly mm -hmm. took out scenes, uh, kept in from book that would be boring. So, he he uh apparently the pac-man high score scene was originally in one of the screenplays oh, okay one yeah. of the drafts where he got the uh one-up coin right and so pen was just like yeah. no this is boring this is just watching someone play pink pac-man yeah um there was another scene where it, klein it sounds like klein was like literally adapting his book rather than like adapting it for the screen mm -hmm. and so like they had the the scene where people were acting out war games oh in one of the drafts and apparently Penn had to come in and go no 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 like you can't <laughs> oh like, you're just making another that. movie <laughs> they, still, they had um particular scenes of that was that they the had very scenes end of that but it wasn't like the, um yeah when everybody was against the um the uh what were they called the one six or the the sixers the yeah yeah yeah, like, and, and that's what I'm saying, like, 
you can you can adapt that in a way that it makes sense in a movie mm-hmm. but if if you adapt it the way it is in the book then it's just people watching two actors inserted into work yeah <laughs> so you're watching a movie in a movie um apparently spielberg being the director for this is literally the only way that warner brothers could negotiate the copyright elements yeah because for, there's for a this bunch of copyrights yeah like there's, there's a bunch there's, of ips yeah there's a lot of ip and it, it was a hundred percent his clout uh being that they they could pretty much get what they wanted um yeah. other than hasbro hasbro was the only company that just outright yeah hasbro so really they were originally going to do that whole tomb of horrors thing Ah. they let them license the art because you know h's van has has the the tomb of horrors mall on yeah she has that on the the back of her van Mm -hmm. um so they they let they license them the art for that i think from from what i can tell yeah and they were like, no, we're not going to have them just do the Tomb of Horrors. And yeah, <laughs> because we movie. want people to experience that. Yeah, we're, we're, yeah. we're not going to let you just do that. Yeah. <laughs> um, Close Encounters of the Third Kind wasn't available for some reason. So there was hmm. no none of that from the book. Uh, yeah. Blade Blade Runner bits were not allowed oh, yeah. by Warner Brothers because warner brothers was doing blade runner 2049 Uh, Mm. it was in production at the time and they didn't want competition in the market which is dumb to me because it's like wait a minute like it's free advertisement it's free advertising one but two warner brothers doesn't have to negotiate with anyone because they have they own blade runner and them yeah yeah (laughs) it's it's free advertising and they don't have to license anything but whatever i'm not a studio exec um exactly. <laughs> uh spielberg also refused to allow anything that he directed to be in it because he ah. didn't, he, he thought that it what? seemed vain and he oh. failed horribly with 1941 uh by, by doing something like that like referencing other things that he did yeah and so that was his his condition for signing on is that like i'm not doing anything that that i directed um, he conceded to the DeLorean because he just produced Back to the Future. He didn't direct it. Okay. Um, and he conceded on the T-Rex from Jurassic Park because that's literally just a dinosaur. A T-Rex, yeah. <laughs> like, that's not... That's it. <laughs> it's, it's just a dinosaur. Yeah. Um, yeah, and and uh, I mean, that's that's pretty much all of the pre-production stuff that I found that was interesting. Like, there's, there's reams of stuff you can find on it. A lot mm-hmm. of it is just interviews where people are like patting themselves on the back, mainly Ernest Klein patting himself on the back for being this like visionary. Um, yeah, but like those are the was... things that are interesting to me, at least. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, so first of all, this movie is a lot of CG. Um, it's a lot of digital effects because I think maybe 25% of the movie takes place in the real world versus the Oasis. And in the Oasis, you can be whomever you want to be and stuff like that. But the thing is, like, I think that they get the, um, the Uncanny Valley, like, issue pretty on point. Like, it doesn't feel I'm, like, I'm looking at humans. It feels like I'm looking at Avatar. Well, you and notice what they that was, did uh, to do that. 
Yeah, they added that kind of like etching on the skin and stuff like that. Well, that them. yeah, like they they just made them look more robotic. Yeah, like they they um they didn't try to make them look as photorealistic as possible. Yeah. They they went with okay, this is realistic, but we're gonna stylize it. And yeah. so that changes it a little bit. So your brain, it's like, oh, this is realistic enough for a cartoon. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I, I think that was a good, like, vision. And I think the movie starts off kind of, like, it, it starts off with a bang. It starts off with the uh, the race, if you remember. With yeah. uh, him and the DeLorean. Which the race about, like, is really cool. The race is so super cool it's real um, cool <laughs> and, and again you know it, it's cool because like i get to look at things and go oh i know that like oh um you know um artemis has uh the akira bike that's awesome you know and oh there's godzilla or not godzilla uh king kong like trying to like mess people up and stuff like that and um just the because the race is not in the book at all. This this race yeah. is not like a it's a hundred percent added. Yeah, this is a hundred percent added, and it, it's really cool that they ended up adding this. And even the um, I guess the uh, the riddle that they had to sort of figure out is new, where it ends up where they have to go in reverse in the race. Like you yeah. Know, and and I thought that was really cool. I was like, all right, that's that's great. And and Wade has this kind of levity where he's not like and and it it's strange because like he's not obsessed with Artemis, but their um relationship just, you know, movies it together, basically. Yeah. Where, you know, you don't get to see all the like cringy sort of um instant messages that he sends her or like the obsession about her and stuff like that yeah well and also you know the the race took the place of the um the high school planet yeah. mm -hmm. and, but and they just aged him up just a little bit to make him out of high school so you don't have yeah. to read like angsty incel stuff right yeah <laughs> like it so, makes it so much more enjoyable to enjoy take in yeah and you know, it's just it's it's cool to sort of see that world and stuff. There's there's definitely the cringy part, um, you know, yeah. it's, um, and but like the CG is good, and it, I didn't stand up and clap just like Spielberg wanted me to, but I pointed at things. I was like, ah, oh, look, there's a Ninja <laughs> Turtle. In this that's pretty cool. Well, I have to, I do have to issue an apology. Um, mm -hmm. Because last episode, I, I still think that this, the quote itself being attributed to Steven Spielberg is probably bullshit. Mm. Um, so I was reading that Spielberg did say in an interview for this that uh, it was probably the most difficult movie he's had to make since Saving Private Ryan. Yeah. But he said that in an article where he was talking about, like, he was talking about the difficulty, not in physically making the movie, like Klein was making it sound like, in yeah. that quote. He's specifically talking about 
because of the huge amount of visual effects, there were 900 visual effects shots in this movie, um, is that they would have daily three hour meetings to discuss visual effects, um, taking a single card for like every character that they Mm -hmm. wanted to be a hero and then putting them on a board and then they would spend hours assigning them to scenes so that vfx could be dropped in yeah um they would need to know okay this is where batman's going this is where chun li's going this is where master chief is like they had to do that every day so i can totally see him going yeah this is probably the most difficult thing i've done since saving private ryan because that like i don't like 45 minute long meetings when i'm at work like if it gets up into the hour mark, I'm like, hey, when's when when are we breaking to like get water or whatever? Yeah. Um I can't going. imagine having to be on for three hours every day for for VFX meetings. Like Oof. that's insane. Yeah, that's, that's pretty rough. <laughs> um, so apologies to Mr. Klein. I still don't <laughs> believe that he ranked them in his head like you do, but there is a quote there's an attribution for him saying in some direction some some respect this was a difficult movie to make because mm. um, again the vfx looked great um you know my my favorite bit <laughs> honestly was uh the 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 section with the overlook hotel and the shining oh yeah again they added added as well and but they like added the music like they had they they did the music um i was reading that they that steven spielberg offered the role to um nicholas cage to uh no no to uh to jack nicholson oh uh, yeah like basically de-age him and put him in again um but he he was like no i'm i'm retired like he's been retired for for at least two decades like he's he's done making movies like he's been very open about that Uh uh-huh um but they uh yeah so so the uh, the thing that i'm reading right now is that the uh, the scenes in the shining it was all digital recreation which makes sense That's, yeah um but they went so far as to add um telescene um that would have been from the original film and that's why it looks like that is that they basically went back digitally and added film grain and oh, that's age, really cool aging effects so yeah. it looks like it was shot on really nice cameras from like 50 years ago <laughs> yeah cool. um which yeah, i really that liked seems, that seems great and you know it's it's interesting because like the villains are very villain-esque in this movie like they yeah. they ham it up like um the uh owner of the big company oh ben mendelson Um, yeah he just like eats up the stage where it's just like okay yeah you're you're playing a villain i gotcha and um the um that wasn't that wasn't jack black that was uh his like sidekick sort of dude the dude with the skull with his stomach oh no that was um that was that comedian that got canceled for calling in a bomb threat. Um, oh. Well, that uh, comedian was just like hamming it up as well as a yeah. uh, as a villain. Like TJ Miller. TJ okay. Miller. Yeah. Yeah. So these people were like clearly villains. Like they were playing the role as a villain and there was no sort of like grayness 
they were like, you know, we're doing villainesque sort of deals and stuff like that. And, um, I, you know, I, I don't think the movie took it as serious as the book. I think there was some sort of like, you know, like jests and, um, yeah, I, I, I think it was for the best, you know, they just kind of wanted yeah, to make a silly movie and it ended up coming across as a very silly movie. Yeah. Well, and, and I don't know how much of this and God, this is going to sound like I hate Ernest Klein, but like, <laughs> because the screenplay is by Zach Penn and Ernest Klein. So, yeah. which means that they used more from Penn's versions, right? Mm. Because he's, mm -hmm. he's a member of the WGA and they have all these rules they have to follow with attribution. Um, and that determines the order uh, that the, the names are used in. Yeah. I, <laughs> I do not understand, like, they, they changed a lot from the original book. I just, I do not know why they would keep um, Show and Daito as so, like, toxically Asian. Yeah. You know, like, it just, it seems, like, racially insensitive. <laughs> like, yeah. the way that they always portray them when they're in the game, where they're just like, this is honor. Yeah. I only care about honor. honor. <laughs> it's yeah. like, I really like you guys kept that. <laughs> you changed. <laughs> Though I do like how they changed H. How H was. Um, yeah, no, I really like yeah. H in this. Yeah. I mean, Lena Waithe think, is, is a really good writer and a really good actress. So yeah, I think that was you know it it was kind of cool. And then like she gave a a really like interesting like reason why she chose a male avatar yeah and i was like yeah i i totally understand like you know if you portray a male a white male you're going to have more opportunities than being you know a mm -hmm. african-american lesbian so yeah because i mean this is basically just the internet is, but real life so yeah, yeah i can 100 percent see someone like and see that's what i was saying when we were talking about the the book for ready player two they could have like they could they, have gone into that. They could have touched on that in some way. Like in, in them actually way, yeah. voicing that in this movie is like a hundred percent better of them going. Yeah, yeah. Instead um, of just that's being because like, the world oh, yeah. sucks, and this is how what I have to do to get by in it. Doesn't that suck? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're making a statement. Yes. You know, instead of like them just being like, "Oh, this is who I am." All right, let's go. It's like, no, but but why are you like that? Yeah. And, you know, they touched on that and I really enjoyed that. That was something that was like, okay, all right, good for you. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So like my, my opinion of this, this movie is, is, uh, it's really fun. good. Like it's, it's fun. It's um, fun is, is my biggest thing. It was like, it was a fun time. Um, yeah. I enjoyed it. You know, I know, it was nothing like the book, which was interesting because like you knew where it was going to start and you knew where it was going to end. But the trip there was fun. One of the things though, that was a little bit like, I don't know, cringy, I guess was, Oh, with there's Artemis. <laughs> yeah. With, with Artemis being like, Oh, I'm, I'm so ugly. And it's just like, the makeup team putting like a 
I don't know, an age spot on like some of her face, but yeah. she's an actress. Like, of course she's going to be beautiful because Artemis yeah. in the book is like, you know, um, I think they describe her as overweight and... It's, well, okay, so this this goes back to my criticism with, with the original book is yeah. that like... <laughs> the so a, a grown adult man is putting in the mouth of a female child in his yes. book yes uh i'm i'm a monster yeah. because i'm overweight and uh i have this port wine stain on my face yeah <laughs> they did the same thing in this effectively like they weren't going to go so far i don't think as putting olivia cook in a fat suit but like she's <laughs> like she's still a, a, a gorgeous actress so like yes. them them putting the makeup on her face and then just putting her hair in front of it it's like okay yeah like and <laughs> and yeah like, you could have just cut that bit out where a girl yeah. calls herself monstrous <laughs> Yeah, yeah, where she could have just been like, I'm a girl. I'm that's yeah. it. Like that's it. You didn't have to put like this thing of like, oh, I'm horribly looking if you're not going to, you know, go anywhere with that bit. Yeah. 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 Like they, they could have done more to that, like given given that they had already paid for so many drafts of the screenplay from Ernest Klein. Like to the point that he is one of the listed screenwriters on yeah. it. I've just I'm, been like, I'm Artemis. I'm a gamer. I'm sure a lot <laughs> of this is because he like in writing sessions put his foot down. I, I would assume. Yeah. Just based on the amount of the other stuff that was changed for the better, and knowing that Zach Penn is the actual screenwriter who yeah. has worked on actual products before, or projects before, like mm -hmm. he has worked on. Let's see. Well, I mean, that's the thing is like gamers come in all sorts of different sizes, shapes, you know, they're yeah. all sorts of, you know, body types and genders and everything along those lines. Like, yeah, you can be a gamer and be what society deems as attractive or not. Yeah. But, yeah, no, like the... um you know pen pen has written from 94 like on like he's pretty much worked on pr pretty big budget movies before mm -hmm. so i i feel like a lot of the the good excisions from the book that were changed for the movie yeah come from there and i feel like a lot of the things with characters and writing and stuff like that that's eh yeah it's not changed enough from the book for me to think that that was also him you know yeah like j just given that you know klein wrote the first few initial drafts and it sounds like the studio brought in a real guy to write it yeah um, they're like no 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 because they're like kinda... wait you can't you can't just use the script from other movies and have us drop characters in yeah. it that's not how you make a movie that's entertaining yeah. to watch <laughs> but yeah i mean i i loved the references i loved like when they were in the yeah. library and Wade does the whole like uh chess burst or not Wade, it was um uh Artemis does the whole chess burst yeah. sort of deal. It that that was fun. That was fun. It, was, it added and, to the world. And that's the thing was like 
they didn't have to go like, oh, this is from Aliens. You know that show that we really, or that movie that we really love. Dude, it would be it hilarious. It would have been up. hilarious to me. It's like you did the gig and you did the bit and I get it. I laugh and that's it. You know what would have made that scene hilarious is if um, when they were like stuck in that closet together after she had done that chestburster thing. Because yeah. I, I would legitimately thought that was hilarious. Uh, yeah, um, I did too. I thought that was it, funny. It would have been awesome if they had stopped for a second and had her explain the joke to him and be like, you know, this is a reference to Alien from 1979. And then him fire off a couple of facts about the movie and go, yeah, and did you know? also know blah, 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 blah? Yeah. Did you also know that they did that scene? They didn't tell anyone what was going to happen. That's why everybody's reactions were all... Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I, would, I would have sat there and been like, oh my God, it's just like the book. I, if they had done it once... I would have been like, okay, that's intentional. That, that, that is, they know that's what they're adapting, and yeah. that's 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 intentional. Them going, did you know that what I just did to you was a joke? <laughs> referencing, <laughs> I kind of do now wish they did it once, <laughs> just, just the that. once, just just to make it clear that that's what was going on. Yeah, just to give the like nod, nod, <laughs> wink, wink. Yeah, like you know what we're talking about, right? You read the book, right? <laughs> oh man! <laughs> but yeah, that's that's the reason why I like this movie. Was like, I never stopped to explain like why this is cool. It, it like there yeah. was that time when um, the Gundam came out, and I <laughs> lost my mind on that one because See? it had like the right Gundam noise. It had like, <laughs> it was Gundam, it was uh, uh, double O, and it was just like amazing to see it fully like CG. I I almost lost my shit. I was like, oh, fuck yeah. Yeah, that will, like, I've never been a huge Gundam fan, like of, mm -hmm. of, of the anime at least. And um, yeah, like when I saw it, I was like, oh shit, that looks awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Again, like, it's because CG Steven Spielberg really knows what in. he's doing. Yeah. <laughs> like, and so there's a, a big criticism that everybody kind of touts around this movie, and I kind of understand it. And it's with the um like the mods and stuff. Like um H is able to like mod the Oasis to do certain things and things along those lines. And they were like, oh well, <laughs> if they can mod this then why don't they try to like do x y and z and give them like armor that's indestructible or something like that it's like it's just more of a like a, a happy time fun time movie like i wouldn't read too much into that but i don't know yeah i mean i i don't even really see the point in a criticism like that because like the the easiest way to explain that would be like yeah, the only thing allowed in the marketplace are cosmetic things. Things, yeah. Because, like, that's all that H did was cosmetic was stuff. Yeah. <laughs> like, and, and were you okay with the Iron Giant being, like, violent? Because I know that the Iron Giant's whole big thing was, like, I will, you know, it was made I, to be a weapon, and it didn't want to be a weapon. And then in this movie, it was like, 
Time to crush. Yeah, I mean, but I mean, this is not the Iron Giant film. Like, if, if this were if this were a live action version of Iron Giant, then yeah. I would be like, yeah, that's yeah. no, that's not what that character is. But when the Iron Giant gives me a thumbs up as it's going down in lava, yeah. I'm like, I, I know exactly what this movie is. It's just a bunch of references. <laughs> And no one had Again, to explain to me that it's from Terminator. <laughs> I was about to say, I would have loved it if they had put like little asterisks like in the subtitle section and be like, this is from T2 Judgment Day from 1991. <laughs> you know, if Klein was able to do oh, all of this. Oh, man. Oh, Jesus. That would have been hilarious. But no, the, um, yeah, like I, I'm fine with, because in the context of what, what's happening, yeah that's a yeah, player controlled thing <laughs> like yeah, that's not I, the iron giant <laughs> yeah yeah it's h doing that and h would definitely yeah. be like ah, oh, i'm dying in lava well this is the greatest time to give a thumbs up since i'm in a giant robot yeah. um and then just like having the the main villain being pretty awesome like when the main villain or not the main villain but the side villain the um a uh, guy with the chest, uh, the um, yeah, Iraq, Iraq, yeah, just being like scooping up everybody's treasure, being all for himself and everything along those lines. Yeah, like it, <laughs> it was just like classic villainy. Like he should have had a mustache as he was twirling it, as he was picking up that treasure and everything along those lines. It's just, yeah. it was a good fun time. Like, well, and I like how they didn't have to stop to. Because, I mean, people are familiar enough with video games and, eat, like, if you were not familiar with video games, I don't know what the person would be doing watching this movie. Yeah. Is is that, like, they didn't explain any of the, like, yeah, when people die, we have to go to the ground and pick up all their shit and then it goes into yeah. our inventory. It's like, no, like, <laughs> it's yeah. just, you get it from the context clues of seeing someone do it once. And then yeah. it's like, oh, okay, yeah, they drop all their gear and you have to pick it up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it, it's just, it's it's nice and the world's kind of funny and really Wade's not as cringy. Like the only cringy time is when they're at the uh, ball when he's yeah. just like super into um, Artemis and everything along those lines. But even that kind of battle was a little fun. I was about to say I I liked that even like yeah. I, I was fine with with that. That was. Yeah. contextually it was fine yeah uh, so you know it this movie was i enjoyed this movie like i remember yeah. coming out of the film and just being like yeah this this wasn't the book but that's okay yeah i mean i remember i like i i would highly recommend seeing this if if you like quest type movies yeah if um, you like it's fun of just like you know, kind of weird, nerdy genre sort of deal. I would recommend this. Yeah, and I mean, yeah, it's fun and you're it's not a going Steven to Spielberg movie. Yeah, you're not going to like sit up on your seat or stand up and <laughs> clap and cheer for the IP that you recognize, but it's going to put a smile on your face as you, because at the very end of this movie, it's like, um, basically Wade calls on everybody everybody in the oasis to sort of stand up against the authority and everybody does but the thing is everybody can be anybody so you have a different like you have like 
13 Batmans. Um, <laughs> you have like a Chucky doll, I believe, that they throw around. Um, you have the Holy Hand Grenade, which was super cool to see. Yeah. Uh, they did so, work Monty Python in because I, yeah. I was like, okay, good. They cut out the scene that's just basically 30 pages of them doing Monty Python and the Holy Grail. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, there's there's those winks and nods, and it's just, it's it's fun. It's a fun ride for me. Yeah, And even the Outworld stuff with, like, everybody, because they don't really get into the whole... Um, technical like world there is no sort of like talk about like poverty and everything along those lines i just don't think they would probably have enough time to do that truthfully yeah so i you know i i see why they decided to step away from that but you get to sort of see this this world of what virtual reality you know what virtual reality is to people and they are like the the bulky virtual reality like helmets plus gloves yeah um, i think wade does get like the full hat like hazmat suit at the very um oh like, yeah the, the, the little and everything like, like that yeah the encompassing but most people just have like helmets and like when the major battles happening like people are fighting on the street because they're in like this big battle for everybody yeah so it it's a fun time it's a it's mm -hmm. a good romp i enjoy it um i i would highly recommend it like if if you enjoy like you know that kind of uh culture and everything along along those lines yeah i think this is for you yeah no i i agree with that um <clears throat> i give it a big thumbs up while i'm melting into lava yeah <laughs> well i give a thumbs up as i am finding the secret easter egg from um what was the game from joust no it wasn't joust it was um yeah it was joust it was joust right at the very end maybe the egg the egg yeah yeah from joust sure yeah yeah <laughs> yeah it, it's a fun romp it's it's long but it didn't feel super long and oh no adventure adventure I, adventure no, adventure no yeah, they, yeah. they did stuff with joust in it though i thought no in in the book book was joust. right in the book yes you're because right. he finds <laughs> he uh fights the lich from the um the uh anorak right uh, anorak yeah. in joust yeah joust is not in this like i said most of the most of the stuff is not in this. Like, yeah, I, I forget. How does he even get his extra life? It's a, um, it's a favor that Og gives him because oh. he's disguised as the, but he's not like, he doesn't have the invisibility right. cape or whatever. He's, right. he's right. The, the robo butler in the museum. Yeah. And, uh, Og gives him a coin. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because he can figure something else out. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. he, he picked up a reference that, the, the robo butler did not yeah. i think yeah so just, gave him a coin. so they did shove that in that he's like the goodest boy with references <laughs> yeah he is the bestest boy <laughs> yeah uh yeah no so so people should should watch this i mean it's a spielberg movie it's not one of his boring movies um it's it's one of his like action movies 
um, which are always good because I, I mm-hmm. feel like he's a very good action director. Yeah. Um, like he just, he understands where a camera needs to be and he trusts his audience enough to follow the location of where that camera is. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's, you know, there's, it feels like there's always actions on the screen and yeah. um, it's, it's a lot of fun. I, mm-hmm. I think like you're not going in there thinking that you're going to learn something about yourself. No, you're not like, you know, going in there for a good cry or for like a good thought provoking piece. You're going in there just to have a good old time and see what kind of shenanigans people can get up to. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, all right. Well, I mean, that wraps up my thoughts on this one. Um, did you have? Yeah. Any... Okay. Um, no, just just watch it. It's fun. I okay. Think, uh, people won't be disappointed. And well, if people are disappointed, don't send us any emails. Yes. Um, you can contact us on Twitter at, at Elon Musk. Um. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow! You're bringing uh, it back. I am. Back. Um. Yeah. So why don't we talk about the things we've been doing in our, sure. our me me me's? Um, yeah. So I've got three things. I also have three things. Okay, cool. So, did you want to go first, or? Yeah, you can go first. Okay. I know we've we've still not got the hang down after all these years of setting up who's going first before we hit record. <laughs> oh, are we supposed to? No, no. Is no, that I'm what you and Richard it. do? No, no, are, no, no. Are you and Richard more organized than me? And oh you? no, not at all. Like I, that's what I'm saying. Like uh, after all these years, you would think it'd be something. Am I the go, chaos? Are oh, the hey. uh, the agent of chaos? No, <laughs> absolutely no, not. Not really. <laughs> no, no. I'm I'm the gremlin. I, <laughs> I feel like you're lying. I feel like I am the no, agent of chaos. I'm not. I'm I'm the gremlin. Um, I, I feel like I bring us into paths that you're like. I did not anticipate this. But here we are. No, I think that's everyone. I think everyone on one episode or another will just be like, "Hey, how about this other tangent that is like night's move thinking related to what yeah. we're talking about?" It's like it, it. It always takes a second to like change gear and go wait a minute, how did we get talking about this again? <laughs> what? Say what? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so the first thing uh, is actually something I I can't remember if you said you have seen this or not, um, but it's a Netflix original cartoon called mm-hmm. Centaur World. No. Uh, you would um, highly appreciate it. It's nice. There's a lot of care that goes into this, and it's very much... Um, I would say give it give it give it probably three or four episodes because like I I originally started watching it with my wife and Mm -hmm. after the second episode I was like okay I can't stick with like this is too silly how'd you um find out about it um well my wife watched all of it and said hey uh, you you really need to like sit down and give this like you you prejudged this show really bad (laughs) how did your wife find out about it um I don't know. No, I mean, um, I think it was just, I think it was just advertised. It's one of those musical animations. 
Um, oh, like, so musical. basically the, yeah, so there's a lot of music in it. Like there's, there's probably two or three songs per episode. Ooh, um, granted okay. there's only 18 episodes. It's done. Like it's, it's a finished product and finished mm-hmm. show. Um, like that's, that's all the writers wanted and the creators wanted to, to do of it. Like they've told their story. Yeah. Um, but basically it's, it's, it's an isekai. Um, so the main character is a a literal war horse who is separated from her rider um and ends up in a magic dimension she falls through a portal uh she falls into a magic dimension called centaur world where everything is a centaur do they have any stairs uh yeah there's uh i don't know actually i can't really is it like modern world or is it like no 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 it's like fantasy world okay it's yeah it's like them following a rainbow road and one of the main ones like all of the all of the um centaurs have uh magic um so like one of them can just like magically shapeshift his mane into different things right um one of them can just like look real pretty (laughs) hey that's <laughs> like a nice stunningly talent. handsome that's a nice balance <laughs> but they but it's um like the first episode starts off and it's animated and it, like it's so before horse goes through the portal mm-hmm. um it's like th- there's this world that's being ravaged um by invading monsters and she's trying to transport her rider to mcguffin or the transport her rider with a mcguffin to x place or whatever and and it's super her name is just horse yes her name is just horse huh? um and she fall and she's just a regular horse she falls through the portal and she goes to centaur world and it goes from being very angularly starkly animated like more realistic yeah. to horse who is drawn in that same way but in like cutesy cuddly bubbly <laughs> like kids cartoon like steven universe type animation. yeah you know that actually reminds me of your um your wife's one shot uh D or not D, but like a uh, role-playing game when we were doing the uh my little pony oh yeah, and we yeah ended up going into like a portal where we we're actually like horses real horses yeah <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's so this this show, funnily enough, it's um, I think she mentioned that, too. She's like, I remember doing something like this in that game. And I was just yeah. like, yeah, if you run more games, you you will totally see things that you pulled <laughs> um, or that you came up with that pop up on shows and be like, gosh, I should have written that down. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, the uh, the the show itself, it doesn't end how I anticipated it to end because I'm ultimately a nihilist and a pessimist and a cynic. Uh, yeah. And yeah. I thought it was going to end much more darkly than it did, yeah. which sounds surprising, but I will warn you, this is probably one of the, um, like it, I wouldn't say it ends badly. It ends way abruptly. more. Huh? Abruptly no it doesn't end abruptly like it's it's very plotted out like this is all the animation or all all of the 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 creative side wanted to do yeah um which is nice it's nice when they have a road it's yeah it's a full story it's just 18 episodes um 
hey, we're going to just do this and call it a day. Yeah, it's like this is the story we want to tell. There are um, there are things in this show, though, that like it's it's very much for kids, right? Mm -hmm. It's also like there are characters in here who are like gay and it's not a thing. And they they very frankly talk about depression and, you know, go ahead. Yeah, very, very, uh... very thinly referenced suicide. Okay, (laughs) like it's a deep show, like it's much deeper than I gave it credit for. And ultimately, like by the by the time we got to the very last episode, this is one of those rare pieces of media that like I'm watching the last episode and I've got the lump in my throat and I've got these tears streaming down my face. And my wife is like, are you okay?" And I'm like, yes, this is just very well written. It's it's hard. Yeah. It's hard to get through because it's so good. Yeah. Um, That's awesome. Yeah. No, I highly recommend it. Um, it's it's uh, one of those Netflix exclusive things, but we'll see if, if Netflix fails. Presumably this will end up somewhere else. Yeah. Who knows? <laughs> Gosh, who knows? But yeah, no, it's it's um, and, you know, the, the episode lengths vary like each episode, I think, is around 20 ish minutes. Mm -hmm. um the last the the series or the season finales though were like an hour and a half Um, oh wow because i'm looking at the episode list now so yeah they they have let's see yeah so in season one episodes nine and ten are basically one episode so it's like 45 minutes or so Mm -hmm. um they basically shove three episodes into the running length of one episode for the very last episode. But like, there's a reason they do that. And it's, there's not a really good breakaway point for it. Like, mm-hmm. so it's, it's like they literally were just like, okay, well we're determining the runtime on this, which is great because if, you know, if this were a syndicated show, they would have to have a definite end yeah. point for an episode and it's like well how do you how do you just insert that somewhere <laughs> exactly hmm well that sounds really interesting yeah i i think it's something that i definitely would want to check out yeah i mean it kind of makes me want to run a um uh, uh my little pony game yeah in it. i mean it was fun it was fun when your wife ran it yeah yeah I Although that was yeah. that was not the official one that they put out. That was the one that uh, I think it was, it was like a fan base. Yeah, yeah, someone someone online came up with it, and it, it was like just a d twenty that you needed. I think. Yeah, it was very simple. Like, yeah, you know, our character sheets were just like a couple of stats here and there. Yeah, I don't think it was anything like too intense. Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, sweet. Yeah. Well, uh, the first thing. I would like to talk about is good old Overwatch. Overwatch 2. I've been playing the beta of Overwatch 2. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Again, haven't spent any money on Blizzard, but they have a um a open uh, beta for Overwatch. Oh, okay. Which is, uh, which is nice. Um Overwatch 2, uh, they've got all of the main characters. They haven't, you know, added any of the um, the newer characters that they want to uh, put in and everything along those lines. But um, 
it's interesting. So have you played, did you play Overwatch 1? No, no, not a okay. second. <laughs> not a second. I'm, you I know, read the. Um, I do you know read much the, about it? Yeah, I read the uh, the promotional comics that they put out because I. Um, oh, cool. The library has a hardbound cover of all of them, mm-hmm. and they, they're really interesting. They're they're like two or three page comics per, and it's for all the characters. Okay. Um. Well, the team um composition was two tanks, two DPS, and two healers and overwatch is sort of a first person hero shooter so you have Hmm. um weapon like a main weapon but your character has abilities and the tanks you know having two tanks really made overwatch one kind of like slow but like methodical like you really had to think about like your moves um, especially if you didn't have either of your tanks like present, um, and it's definitely a different game now that there's only one tank. Like even though you would think that like not or with this small change of just having um, five people on a team instead of six people on a team when make much of a difference, it really does make a difference. Huh. Um. And just that it, minor tweak. Just even yeah, that just minor tweak. And the thing is, it's because so a lot of these um these skirmishes, uh, when you were basically fighting six on six, would really depend on your tanks, and they could really extend those kind of combats. Like those uh six on six would probably take like a about a minute just to sort of like you know get a good position versus um if people's alts popped up and things along those lines so it did take some time now that you only have one tank it is kind of hard just because the skirmishes feel more quick like they feel more um Hmm not manic but kind of manic if you know what i mean yeah very very maybe rushed yeah where or twitch yeah where if you're not um if you're not with your tank and your tank's down because there's a respawn time you can be eliminated super quickly Hmm. especially if you don't have your support with you or anything like that and it, it definitely, it makes the di- game different. It makes you very um, dependent on your tank. But it's kind of nice. Like, it's, it definitely is interesting. So do you feel like it, it like, mainly, reg- like, it more strictly regiments player type into, like, I don't know, the... the <clears throat> It more firmly entrenches them in the the uh, role that they're supposed to play than the first one. Um, I think it really heavily favors good tank players because mm. you are going to be by yourself, and you are going to really have to support your team. Hmm. Okay. Um, a person who is like a tank who is kind of a loose cannon 
who ends up kind of going on their own like path and everything like that will definitely let down a team. <laughs> and your support is a little bit more um I guess important. Like having a good support will really uh change the battle of the game. <laughs> but it's a lot fast pace. Like the pace of this game has really increased. Where, you know, it was more of a like a long drawn out game. It's changed to where it's a little bit more faster pace. Okay. Yeah. It probably is too quick for me then because I've I've watched people play Overwatch and it oh, seems yeah. like a very quick <laughs> reflex reflex based game. Yeah, it depends really on the comp of your team, but um mm. but I do think I do think that it is um it's change. I don't know if it's changed for the better, but it is a interesting change. And I think it's going to really change up how people play. Gotcha. Well, yeah. so so since it's a beta, what what would be some feedback you'd give them for um, positive I would change? Definitely tweak a couple of um, DPS folks, mm. as well as some of the support people, because there is like so. <clears throat> I, I always mispronounce her name. Mora, Myra, Mora. She's a um, a support, but she acts more like a DPS than anything else. Hmm. Um, and if you have her plus a couple of like a, a non-shield tank, because there's some tanks that can like put up a shield. Like Reinhardt is the um, number one shield tank where... He can put up a shield and people can hide behind that shield and that shield will block um block like incoming fire and stuff like that. Hmm. So he's a very important tank where there are some other tanks that don't have that kind of shield capability. Like um uh Diva. Diva has this this thing where she can eliminate some fire, but only in a small arc. So it really does kind of make team comp more important, just to have gotcha. those kind of characters that synergize with each other. Hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, I was mainly playing, like, <clears throat> solo, so, and I hardly ever get on mic because... You know, I don't like talking to a bunch of strange randos. <laughs> so, yeah, so it's kind of like a free for all on um, when you're doing like solos because you don't know what people are going to pick unless mm. you type it in chat like, hey, we need this particular person to um, fill this particular role. So, so yeah, it's um it's it's fun. So far, it's been a good time. I've really enjoyed myself playing through the the open beta, and I'm interested to see what kind of tweaks they make. Also, all the maps that they have are still the same maps, 
I think they should probably change up or like alter those maps a little bit mm. just to make a more um more synergistic with the five squad instead of the six squad okay yeah yeah well cool i mean it um it sounds like they're making more progress on it than i thought because i thought that was one of the ones that they kind of stopped work on yeah it's it's definitely been in the works so it's it's nice to see an actual open beta being released yeah so and again you know they're going to take all the feedback and the hopefully the constructive criticism that they take and make it better hmm. yeah okay well um my uh uh second thing is uh so disney plus yep. <laughs> has a fantastic collection of movies because they own damn near everything they um, do. but so this is a movie that uh my wife watched over and over and over apparently as a kid that i had never seen before called candle shoe i've never seen that or heard of that it's one of disney's old like live action movies where like a lot of <laughs> so a, a lot of um people listening to this might be very much younger than us mm. um there was a time in the uh, and this is before when i was born too where uh you know late 60s early set pretty much throughout the 70s um disney was almost broke like they were yeah. they were basically moving movie to movie um and so they released a lot of garbage in the 70s that's live action stuff um just with super low budgets right um I think this is probably one of the higher budgeted movies because it came out in 77. Um, and it looks like it's shot on location. Um, Jodie Foster is the lead because hmm. she was a child actress. Yeah. Um, but uh, so she's, she's a kid in this. It's also got David Niven in it, who was a more established actor at that time. Um, my guess is that they spent more money on this because they uh, actually shot in England for it um uh, yeah. the, basically the whole what, what the movie is about is a uh, con artist who thinks that he has uh the location of of uh, this lost treasure right and it's mm -hmm. it's hidden somewhere at this large country estate that's privately held and he finds a look-alike um uh street kid in new york and he spends time with her kind of kind of correcting her behavior and mm -hmm. and uh grooming her to be this stand-in for this long lost relative yeah um of of this this uh noble lady's uh family so that she can come in and uh you know she she has the right scars she knows all this this information now so she can come in and pose as this uh family member and look for this treasure for him and he claims that he'll split it with her but uh it's probably doubtful. who knows yeah um it's doubtful <laughs> um but 
uh, like a lot of things post World War II um, that were, you know, landed gentry, uh, a lot of that was in disrepair. Um, this particular person has <clears throat> is going kind of broke. Like there are a bunch of other orphans living at this house who help contribute. Uh, David Niven mm -hmm. plays the butler of the household who runs around in different costumes, acting like different different people of the household who have specific jobs yeah. um, to interact with the rich lady who owns the place because she's old enough that he can he can like put on a fake beard and, yeah, a hat and, and be like, Oh, I'm the gardener and like change uh -huh. his accent and stuff. Right. Um, it's a really fun movie. <laughs> um, it's, you know, it's, it's not like high art or anything, but like, yeah. So when we were watching this, there's um, something I mentioned to my wife is that like, this would be great for a, cause you know, they're, they're doing uh Lucasfilm games again. Yeah this would be a really good way to diversify some of like tie-ins to old property properties they have. If they were to put out a Lucasfilm games version of this movie, right. Mm -hmm. Set up like life is strange or telltale where it's more about like exploration and like interacting as a character and like having to say the right thing and doing X to get Y yeah to progress through like you could you could easily make a good six to ten hour game from this yeah now whether they'll do it or not um like I, i'm pretty sure that they're dipping their toe in the water with uh, return to monkey island yeah. um, which i don't think will sell well like you don't think so no i i think that there's a lot of love for those original games yeah. but i feel like the audience for it has aged because honestly i'm i'm too young to really have appreciated <laughs> hey, i've never played return to monkey island so yeah so uh, i mean adventure games are f like i like adventure games mm -hmm. um i i don't know that they're a um very popular genre anymore like because i mean you see like telltale went out of business and yeah you know, Life is Strange had to change directions. I, I think because that type of game is not one that people enjoy anymore. But we'll we'll see. We'll yeah. see. Yeah. <laughs> so, but anyway, I do recommend the the movie Candle Shoe if you have Disney Plus. Um, it's fun. It's it's um kind of kind of Goonies ish, but like one or two locations, not like this huge underground set piece or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Well, my second thing I saw, and it's, it's so it's something that I kind of wanted to talk to you to see if you wanted to do. Um, do you know of the YouTuber Markiplier? Um, very little. Like, okay. I know references to him. Okay. Um... Isn't he part of that like angry video game nerd crew? Like the, those that section of people? Uh maybe. Um Let's could see. Be. Uh 
But he's done something that the internet has kind of take taken off with. Okay. Um, it's um, so you go through all of the. He made this uh, video, and it's about like forty minutes long, and you go through all of the Pokemon, all eight hundred and forty-eight Pokemon, and you oh. determine if you would smash or pass so if you would wait what yeah. yeah no i know what smash or pass is <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's odd huh. yeah, yeah 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 so i'm not saying we do it for pokemon and i don't say we we do it for like smash or pass um there's a game that we occasionally play millionaire banshee right yeah yeah where it's more of a date or deny where if you think you would date that person okay um would you maybe want to do it for not the pokemon but all of the smash brother characters like so right now no no I, oh like, for like like content like actual content yeah 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 no that that would be funny i'd need to see what the format is like do i have to give like a reason or can i just be like yeah smash that mm-hmm. no no and it's not smash or pass it's more date deny like would you date this person would you oh. go on a date do you think that you could be in like a relationship with mario maybe what about peach what about daisy and all uh, the other, uh, you know, I'm trying about, to think of the Smash characters. There's Sephiroth. There's uh, Cloud. Um, Bayonetta. Mm. There's uh, Gandalf. Mm. <laughs> Get some of that. Uh, Wait, that... Gandalf is in Smash Brothers. Yeah, Gandalf was one of the main characters in Smash Brothers. Okay. Okay. So I have to do. There's oh I've got the list Ganondorf not Ganondorf I'm uh, sorry Ganondorf my bad <laughs> you said Gandalf I was Gandalf. like wait what wait <laughs> they've got everybody everybody's here no yeah yeah sorry yeah no I, I can I can see on Wikipedia the amount that's yeah. yeah I mean that'd be fun fun little content to go yeah to. I think that would be fun just the you know and again it wouldn't be the whole like and so in Markiplier's uh, video. He basically was just like, because he had to go through 848. Jesus. He didn't really, yeah, he didn't give any sort of like. Oh, it was just smash pass. It was smash, just, yeah. <laughs> he, he brought up the list. He would look at it like smash, pass. Sometimes he'd be like, mm, smash. And thinks along those lines. I mean, it's, it's, it's pretty funny. It is pretty funny. I will give it that, so. Yeah, no, we can do that. Um, it'll probably have to be alphabetical so we can just like open up tabs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. And we can either give our reasoning or I think there's what? How many characters are there? Um, uh, one, two, three, four, five, six. You don't have to count them out. I, I can Google it. Uh, uh, I would guess 40. Smash. Yeah. Smash Brothers.
there are 77. Huh. Oh, Banjo-Kazooie. Yeah, Banjo-Kazooie's on here. Yeah, I feel like Banjo-Kazooie would be a... uh, would be a gentle lover. Do you, do you think? Do you man, think it's going to be weird when we get down to like Rob. Do you think Kazooie would watch? I mean, or would you, it be a threesome? You kind of ha- have to hope it would be, right? Oh no! Yeah, I think that would be fun. I think. Okay. It would be fun. Yeah. Yeah, we could do that sometime. Because um, I don't know if you guys have announced, but. Um, uh, I guess Richard's going to be MIA for a little bit. No, we have not announced. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> you can cut that part then. Yeah. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll cut that part. <laughs> sorry. No, you're good. But yeah, uh, I think see. I think that would be fun. I think that would be a fun time. Yeah, absolutely. Sweet. All right, good. <laughs> That's it. That's that's my second thing. That's your second. Okay. Uh, smash pass. Okay. Smash. Or pass. date or di- deny. Date deny. Um, we don't have to get crude if you don't want to. I know. I'm. Oh, I'm. Good. Yeah. Just get the smash pass. <laughs> I'd do that. Uh yeah. So let's uh yeah. So the third thing I have mm. is uh a comic book called. Cool reckless by um ed brubaker and who is the artist on that sean phillips um so these are all like graphic novels right Mm -hmm. so there's only four of them right now but like they each each one tells a distinct story um they're set in the so it's interesting so they're they're all very much like pulp type stories right um sex drugs murder all that stuff but you know like older pulp was typically set like either right before world war ii or right after depending on which uh, decade it came out of yeah um these are kind of a like it shows the progression of time because these are all set in 1980s right in la and they're they're real good like i really hope that they get picked up with a distribution deal for something because they're like they're on the level of violence as like a punisher but it's it's kind of like a like a jack reacher type thing it's Mm -hmm. um yeah like i think that there's more coming out yeah there's three books coming out this year but um yeah, no, I, I'd recommend it to anyone that likes pulp or noir or anything like that. Um, just because they're they're really good. And I think Ed Brubaker actually like that's kind of his his jam. Yeah. Um, is writing things like that. Uh because his other titles, they're they're all like Elmore Leonard style like pot boilers. Um uh let's see yeah uh criminal cruel summer literally pulp yeah (laughs) yeah like they're all these these like hyper violent um noir reference filled uh detective comics um and yeah they're they're just a fun read uh for me at least you kind of have to like pulp if you're gonna read them 
but yeah, yeah, <laughs> I would assume. Yeah, but uh, yeah, that that's that's my third third recommendation. Um, that should should do it for me this time. <laughs> nice. Uh, so my final one is. I've actually started playing a little bit more Hearthstone. The new season came out. The season oh. of Kraken. Yeah. So it definitely changes up a lot of um, decks and stuff like that. Since yeah. it has the, I guess, sort of the same kind of rotation that Magic has, where mm. it ends up where you basically just have a new deck um new cards are introduced and everything along those lines and old cards rotate out which is kind of nice because then you have a uh a new pool that you're basically working off of you're trying out new ideas it switches up the meta which is a pretty nice and the newest set um which I think is uh, Sunken Cities or something along those lines, is a lot of fun. So I've been, um, yeah, I've been playing a little bit more Hearthstone than I normally do just because the meta has been kind of shaken up. And it's kind of nice to get on during the uh, ground floor since you can play. You don't have to have, like, certain particular meta decks you can just kind uh, okay. of uh, try out new strategies and new ideas and things along those lines. Yeah. And yeah, it's been a lot of fun. It's been fun just kind of playing around and trying new ideas here and there. So I've been enjoying it. I've been enjoying Hearthstone, which I haven't been playing in quite a while. So, so it's definitely reminded me like, why I enjoy this game and everything along those lines. So it's been good. It's been fun. Um, there's definitely a lot of different decks out there. So you get a lot of variety mm-hmm. where when the meta is very defined, you know that you're going to face like the same, like five or six decks at a time, which can always get tiresome because you know exactly what people are going to play. You right. know exactly like, how the game's going to go and everything along those lines. So it's nice. It is nice to sort of have this this new breath of fresh air. Huh, and cool. I'll probably continue playing it until it gets dull. And then I'll be like, nah, I'm done. <laughs> yeah. So so yeah, that's that's been enjoyable. It's definitely been a um a fun sort of experiment. Just sort of seeing like dipping what, your toe back in. Yeah, seeing like what decks are back out there and uh what's hot, what's not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's what I've been doing. Just playing some hearthstone. Getting back nice. to the roots. Yeah, can you believe I think it was like episode fifteen or so. Yeah, when I talked about Hearthstone. I was when, big in yeah, Hearthstone, but talked uh, about Hearthstone. Yeah, it comes full circle, full circle. Yeah, because I mean, this is episode. What is this? Yeah. One one sixty nine. So part of the sex number. 
Yeah. Hey. 169. Hey. Hey. <laughs> um, okay. Well, that'll wrap up this episode. We'll uh, see you guys next time for uh, the book club book, which is uh, Arthur C. Clarke's Childhood's End Ooh. from 1953. It's about aliens. Aliens. <laughs> that's not oh, spoilers. No. That's literally on the first page. Yeah. <laughs> the book. Aliens. <laughs> aliens. Uh man, it's good my camera isn't on now because my hair literally looks like that guy's right now. It's it's yeah. blue. Only I'm balding, so it's just kind of like a C-shaped version of that. It's not the <laughs> oh, illustrious no. shape. <laughs> uh. Um but yeah, we'll see you guys next time. Uh we love you very much and bye. Bye.